You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 26 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today I'm going to be talking about a really important topic, um, but it's probably one of the least sexy topics when it comes to the idea of growing your own food, and that is how to clean and maintain your gardening tools. I am a firm believer that you do not need every tool in the shed, literally, to grow a garden successfully. I do not believe in spending loads of money in the latest equipment, but if you do want the few things that I believe you should have to last a long time, you need to make sure that you're taking care of them properly. And part of taking care of them is cleaning them. So I'm going to be getting into all the nitty gritty details of how I clean my garden tools, the few that I feel like you must have, and the ones that I use on a very regular basis. But first, a word from today's sponsor. So if you're a new gardener or a beginning gardener, or you've been gardening for a while and you just haven't been very good about it, it's good to know how to clean your garden tools, especially if you're trying to keep costs down, because by taking care of your garden tools properly, you make it much more likely that you only have to spend your money on them once, that you're going to be able to make them last for a lifetime. And like I said in my introduction for today's episode, if I'm really honest, I believe there are only a few must-have garden tools the kinds of things you use again and again almost every day. And because that's all I buy, that's what I'm going to cover here in this garden tool care and maintenance episode. So if you're ready, first I want to cover the basics of garden tool care. So when to clean garden tools. I know a lot of people, myself included, who really only give their garden tools a good cleaning once a year. I do, you know, wipe them off with a rag or in the grass or something like that, depending on what the tool is. Every once in a while, you know, I might give them a good rinse and an oiling, things like shears, you know, halfway through the year, especially if they've gotten kind of gummy. But I really only give them a good cleaning and maintaining it in the fall once the garden has been put to bed. Now, why fall? Well, it's because those tools are going to sit for months without being used. So I put my garden to bed in around late October. That means those tools are going to sit there if I don't clean them, covered in dirt and sap, all kinds of things that are going to, you know, cause them to rust and break down and not work as well next year. They're going to sit with all that gunk on them for like four months. And that's a really long time for that dirt and everything to have to go to work. So it's really good to go ahead and clean those tools in the fall. Next, I want to cover the few supplies that you need when it comes to caring for and maintaining your garden tools. Honestly, just like the number of tools that I believe are must-haves, the cleaning supplies that you must have are relatively few and they're also thankfully relatively inexpensive. I've found I can get by with just a wire bristle brush. Plastic bristled brushes wear out too fast, honestly, especially when you're using them on metal, as you will be, you know, for shovels and spades and things like that. Steel wool pads. You can usually get a bag of those for like a couple dollars. 
mineral oil, old rags, vinegar, and that can be distilled white vinegar, that can be apple cider vinegar if you make it yourself like I do. Either one is is going to be fine. And then water. So like I said, really inexpensive, really common things that you're going to be able to find relatively easily. So let's start with how to clean a shovel or any digging tool. It's funny the idea of cleaning a shovel because its purpose is to dig dirt, right? It's going to get dirty. Same thing with a spade, a hoe, anything like that. But you don't want to leave dirt on them and, and muck and things like that over the winter for the reason that we don't really think about shovels and spades and hoes as having blades, but they do. Um, you know, the edges of those tools is, is sharp enough that if you use enough force, you know, you can cut through things like old roots. Also, it helps disturb the surrounding soil around where you're digging a lot less if the edge of that tool is nice and sharp. So you want to keep those tools clean when you can, especially over the winter. It helps keep the blade from rusting and weakening over time. And all it takes is just a few simple steps. First, knock off the dirt. Wet soil, especially soil with lots of clay, will stick to shovels and spades and hoes like crazy. And honestly, it's just easier to wait for the soil to dry. So once you are done with your garden for the year, bring your tools inside, let them sit for a few days in the garage or in the basement, wherever you keep your garden tools, and let the dirt on them dry out completely. And then just tap the blade of the tool firmly on a hard surface to dislodge the the chunks of dirt. Don't go, you know, whacking it against some concrete really hard. Obviously, that's going to damage the the blade of the tool, but you you might need to kind of put a little bit of effort into it. Next, you'll take that wire brush that I referenced earlier and brush off any remaining dirt and just go to town on it. So any small clumps that are left, just use that wire bristle brush to brush all that off. And then eventually you should get to a point where all you're left with is dust on the blade of of the tool. Take an old rag and wipe down the blade and just kind of take a look at the blade and see if there's any rust. If there is any rust, you want to remove it because rust, honestly, if you've seen it, all it takes is a little bit to start and then that rust kind of spreads, that corrosion spreads and it it weakens the, the metal. So you want to remove any rust. It's not the end of the world. Just grab a piece of steel wool, Dip it in some vinegar, that vinegar that I mentioned earlier, and scrub the rusty parts until you've removed all traces of it. Once the rust is gone, you might want to consider spraying your digging tool, you know, your shovel, your spade, what have you, with a rust-proofing product, like Rust-Oleum is a really popular product here in the U.S., to keep rust from returning next year. Because once something starts to rust, it can easily start to rust again. You know, that that surface has been exposed. Even if you clean the rust off, it's going to slow it down, obviously, but that surface is exposed. It's going to oxidize over and over again, creating that rust. So by rust proofing it and sealing it, you're going to stop that from happening in the future. Finally, once you've removed any rust, or if there was no rust, you can skip to this step, rub it down with mineral oil. So you take another rag and you dip it in mineral oil. This does not have to be food safe mineral oil. If you have that around, a lot of people use it for rubbing down cutting blocks and knives, things you use in your kitchen that come into direct contact with food. Of course you can use that. That's totally fine. But it does tend to be a little bit more expensive than your garden variety, haha, sorry, mineral oil. And it's not necessary, honestly, to to use food safe mineral oil on your gardening tools. 
So give the blade of the tool, whether it's a hoe, a shovel, a spade, a good rub down, especially taking care of the edges. Obviously, being careful with your fingers. Nothing should be so sharp that it's really going to cut you. But if you're not paying attention and you're using enough force, you know, you could scrape yourself. You could cut yourself. So um, as you're applying that mineral oil to the edges, just be a little careful. And then stand or hang your digging tool somewhere out of the way. So we keep a bucket in the corner of the garage for tools to go when they're not in use. And I really do my best to only put them in there when they're clean so that the bucket itself is not full of dirt. And so you're just returning a clean tool to a dirty bucket where it's just going to get dirt on it kind of makes the whole process of cleaning them pointless so yeah keep them somewhere out of the way and that just means that they're not going to get knocked over and dirty when you're in the winter time when you're dealing snow shovels and ice melt and things like that next up would be how to clean garden shears or knives anything that has like an actual cutting blade on it and when it comes to cleaning gardening tools if you don't clean anything else, if you don't clean your shovels or your spades or your hose, please, please, please at least clean your gardening shears and knives. And you're going to be glad you did because garden shears and knives don't just get dirty. They also get covered in sap, like I mentioned earlier, and other plant juices anytime you clip or cut or prune your plants. And this gums up the parts of your shears, the ones that bypass one another in order to make that, you know, cutting motion. And it also makes blades stick together. It makes the blades of gardening knives, like a hori hori knife, um, a, a Japanese gardening knife, sticky and, and dull. And then you have to sharpen it more often. So it's a really good idea if you don't clean anything else to at least clean your shears and your knives. So First things first would be to give them a good soak in hot water and vinegar. You don't need to fill up a sink, just a small bowl or container that fits the tools inside is, is totally fine. I use enough hot water to just cover the tool and then I add about a fourth cup of vinegar. If you had to add a decent amount of water, like let's say half a gallon of water or more, you might want to use maybe a little bit more vinegar than that. And then let the tool sit in that vinegar water mixture for about 10 minutes. The hot water is going to loosen up any sticky sap or dried juices. And the vinegar is going to then dissolve the sap away because of the, the acidity and kind of the natural cleansing properties that vinegar has. Once you've let them soak, rinse the shears or knife in a little more hot water and then towel them off as best you can. There's going to be some nooks and crannies, especially in gardening shears, that you're you're just not going to be able to get a towel into. And, and that's fine because the parts that you can get to are going to be the most important parts. And, and we're going to make sure that they, they don't start to rust here in a few steps. So next thing you want to do, just like in your shovels and spades, your digging tools, you want to remove any rust. So if those shears or that knife does have rust on it somewhere, like I said, it's just going to keep rusting bigger and bigger chunks of it. So you want to go ahead and clean that rust off. Just like you did with the shovel, dip the steel wool in some straight vinegar um, and rub the rusty spots clean, but be careful. So unlike with a shovel or a spade or a hoe, these are cutting tools. They have a legitimately sharp blade. If you are, you know, using any any decent amount of force with some steel wool, you could very easily cut yourself. So I have a pair of cut resistant gloves that my husband actually bought me after I sliced the tip of my finger off with a mandolin slicer in the kitchen. And they work like in the garage and in the garden just as well as they do in the kitchen. I just make sure that I, I wash them very well. I, I honestly, I put them through the um, clothes washer afterward. Um, that's weird of me to say. I put them through the laundry afterward to, to make sure that they're nice and clean before I go using them in the kitchen again. 
Once you've removed all the rust from your shears or your knives, you want to rub the blade with mineral oil. Again, be careful because the blades on garden shears and knives are quite a bit sharper than they are on digging tools and those cut resistant gloves are, are going to help you. I have a link on my blog post about this to Amazon for the pair of cut resistant gloves that I own. They're really honestly inexpensive and, and they work great. I have not cut myself since as long as I'm wearing them anyway. After you apply the mineral oil with a rag to the blades, you wanna make sure that you apply mineral oil to any screws and hinges, any moving bypassing parts. So this is going to apply obviously to your shears, but this is also going to apply for like hedge clippers and loppers and anything like that that you use to cut off larger branches off of trees when you go prune your trees or, or bushes or anything like that. You want to make sure that you're cleaning those too, not just your small handheld you know, shears that you use for pruning things in the vegetable garden. And honestly, applying mineral oil to screws and hinges is a little bit fiddly. I like to use an eyedropper for, for the sake of not making a huge mess because otherwise you're you're going to be trying to just like I don't know pour the mineral oil out of the bottle onto the screw and, and trying to control the flow of mineral oil is really kind of difficult it's a really slippery substance so this is just as important as cleaning the blades because it's what keeps your shears moving nice and smoothly I have um, a glass eyedropper that I used I just kind of suck up some of the mineral oil with it and then I apply it around any screw, any moving part on that pair of shears or loppers or clippers, what have you. And then for the most part, you'll be able to see where those blades are joined and just kind of allow it to drip slowly on there. And, and the mineral oil will kind of sink into all the little nooks and crannies that, that it needs to. Wipe off any excessive amount of oil that's on the tool with a rag and like with the shovels or any other digging tool, just make sure you're storing them in a clean, dry place. Next, how to clean watering cans or pots. And you might be like, what? I have to clean watering cans and pots? Like, well, okay. You might not necessarily have to clean a watering can if all you ever fill it with is water and you are really good about always making sure that it's empty in between waterings, that you're never letting water like sit and become stagnant and gross things can lay their eggs in there like mosquitoes. But if you're like me and sometimes you put fertilizer in your watering can, like I use fish emulsion. It's an organic fertilizer. It's really gentle and it stinks. And when I say it stinks, when I use it, flies crowd to, you know, the watering can. So, you know, flies lay eggs and those eggs become maggots. So it's a really good idea to make sure that you're cleaning out your watering can if you use fertilizer in it in addition to water sometimes. And when it comes to your pots, especially like your seed starting pots or your seed starting cells, you want to make sure that you clean those out because especially for your seed starting cells, when you think about it, those need a sterile seed starting mixture. Seeds are best started in a, in a sterile environment. And if you are not cleaning them out from year to year, you dump that sterile seed starting mixture in there and it's contaminated automatically because you, you didn't clean the seed starting cells from last year. So it really kind of helps avoid soil bacteria in those, those pots and those seed starting cells. And it's just a really good idea overall to kind of make sure that those pots are cleaned from one season to another. And honestly, it only takes about 15 minutes and it's helping make sure that your soil and your plants stay healthy next year. 
So first thing you want to do is remove any standing water and brush out any dirt with your fingers. So if it's a watering can, if there's any water in it, dump it out. If it's a pot or seed starting cells, brush out any dirt with your fingers. The seed starting cells that I use are made of pretty flimsy plastic. By the way, I, I do want to transition to not using plastic to using less plastic in the garden, but for now, this is what I have, and so I do need to clean them. And by brushing out the dirt you know, with your fingertips, that's just going to help avoid a whole bunch of dirt ending up in your sink or in the bucket that you're going to be putting them in next. So you need to fill a sink or a large bucket with hot water and vinegar. And since there's so much more water in a bucket or a sink that you're you're putting enough water in there that you can submerge maybe several four-inch transplanting pots or several seed cell trays or several terracotta pots or something like that. That's several gallons of water. So you're going to make sure that you add more vinegar to that water than you did for like the container for letting the shears or the knives soak. I often use like one to two cups of vinegar whenever I fill up a sink to soak my my pots. If you have a watering can, clean that out first since it's likely to have little to no debris in it that you have to deal with. And just kind of dump the water and vinegar mixture into the watering can or submerge it in the sink. Swish the mixture around inside the watering can and then pour it through the spout. I usually do this a few times just to make sure it's good and cleaned out, including everything that's inside the spout and inside the, the watering attachment at the end of the spout. So just kind of pouring that vinegar water mixture through there a few times is just going to make sure that it's, it's completely clean. Once I've done that, I kind of reuse that same water. I set the watering can aside to dry and then submerge the pots and the seed starting trays in the vinegar water mixture. And because there's usually a lot of grime involved, I let those pots sit in that water mixture for a good 10 minutes and then I come back and kind of wipe them out with my fingers or with a sponge and then rinse them. With the watering can, it's not really a, a big deal um, to rinse them because vinegar isn't really harmful for your plants and the vinegar is going to be so diluted, it's going to be fine if you don't rinse it. But I do rinse out my pots and my seed starting cells just because I, especially my seed starting cells, I don't want any sort of residue from the vinegar left in there that would acidify the seed starting soil and cause issues in the spring when I go to start my seeds in them. So once you've rinsed all your pots and your seed starting cells out, just turn them upside down and let them air dry for an hour or two, but only an hour or two. Honestly, once they're dry, store them in a clean, dry place. If you keep them in an unfinished basement or a garage, you might think about wrapping them in a garbage bag for the off season just to keep insects and dirt from settling inside, which again would kind of render the whole exercise of cleaning them out sort of pointless. You can use, you can reuse grocery sacks, kind of wrap those pots and those seed starting cells in an old grocery sack, whether it's plastic or paper. Either way, it's a really great opportunity to reuse something that you probably already have handy. So those are the few things that I feel like are kind of non-negotiable. Those are the basic tools that I feel like every beginning gardener or every gardener needs. And when it comes to how to clean them, that's pretty much all there is. Fairly simple. Um, and also, like I said, fairly inexpensive as far as supplies go. Again, if you need any recommendations on those supplies or any other thing that I mentioned, please feel free to visit my blog at beeandbasil.com and just search in the search bar how to clean garden tools. And this post should pop right up and I've got 
several links to things that might be helpful for you. So that's it for today. Thank you so very much for listening. Like I said, I know it's not the sexiest topic, but it is a necessary one. So I like to make sure we're covering all the basics here, especially for our new and beginning gardeners. Thank you so very much for listening. If you haven't had a chance to rate the podcast, please head on over to your podcasting platform of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and take a second to review the podcast. I'd really, really appreciate it. Or if you have other gardeners in your life besides yourself, I would really appreciate it if you would recommend the podcast to them. Thanks so much for listening in, guys, and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.